0: It's Points North, a show from Interlochen Public Radio, where we hear about life in northern Michigan through the news, the people, and the places. I'm Dan Wanshura.
1: And I'm Morgan Springer. Coming up later on the show, last fall a deer hunter was shot and killed by another hunter on opening day. Investigators say it was an accident, but there is more to the story. It was also senseless. It didn't have to happen.
0: But first, hunting is a huge part of Michigan's culture, and we asked listeners to share some of their hunting experiences. Stuart McFerrin talked about the last time he hunted. It was years ago when he went camping on North Manitou Island, and he brought his bow.
2: And I killed one of those deers and then had to drag it all the way back across the island to where the ferry was. And I've never been hunting since then.
0: And then we got this call from Garrett Noyes from South Boardman, who hunts with his bird dog.
2: Um, I can't say enough about it, the bond you form with your dog. um, It's really incredible training and preparing uh, for the season.
0: His dog is named Bing, and he's three. And today they're out at DeYoung Natural Area in Traverse City.
2: So that's here is the trill. Good boy.
0: Bing follows the commands and sits while Garrett throws a bumper, Stay. basically a plastic toy. And then, okay, Bing takes off after it. Garrett says when they're hunting, Bing will follow the scent of woodcock and grouse and then flush the bird out of its hiding spot so Garrett can take a shot.
2: We got him when he was about four months old, um, and right off the bat, you know, you take him outside and he'd just be sniffing around and, and looking for things, and... um Really had those retrieving instincts right away. Oh, hey, he's my best friend, and uh, you know, he I think he gets more excited about it than I do. You know, you wake up in the morning during hunting season, and I'm making a pot of coffee, and he's carrying my hunting boots around the kitchen. Here, bing, please. He'd be heartbroken if if I left and didn't take him with me. I mean, if he even thinks that I've been in the woods without him. He gets angry. He bares his teeth when I come home and he'll walk around the kitchen with his, you know, his ears held out at a funny, oh yeah, he he gets really jealous if he thinks I've been out out and about without him.
0: Here, Bing. This will be Garrett and Bing's third year hunting together.
2: Good boy.
1: This is Points North. I'm Morgan Springer. Last year, two people were shot and killed in Michigan while deer hunting. One of the victims, Justin Beadle, was hunting on family property near Torch Lake. It was opening day, November 15th, when another hunter shot Beadle from about 50 yards away. The Michigan Department of Natural Resources investigated the case. Lieutenant Jim Gorno is a conservation officer.
3: We would classify it as an accident at this point.
1: And that's pretty much all the DNR would say about it. But there was more to it, which became apparent when the shooter was charged with involuntary manslaughter and trespassing.
3: So right here starts my property with all these trees. I have 12 acres.
1: This is way. Teresa Sherman. There's She's the mother of Justin Beadle.
3: Barn, that, I mean a garage right there.
1: We're driving yeah, along the road at garage, the edge of the property where her son was it. killed. It's been in her family since the 1940s. Beetle was 38 when he was killed. He was married, lived in Sanford near Bay City, and was a Harley mechanic. He just opened up his own bike shop. It was a genius with bikes. Sherman says last fall her son would ride his bike up north to the property most weekends to set up game cameras and bait for hunting season. On opening day, Beetle headed out early, and by around 9 a.m., he'd shot his deer.
3: He came over in the morning after he shot the deer. He said, I'm just going to let it lie there for a minute, so let's just run and get breakfast. We went to the Riviera, and we got back here, and he just looked at me, and he said, I'm just going to go gut the deer, and I'm going to come back here, sit in the hot tub, drink bush light. And um, that was the last I
1: talked to him. But nobody's talking about what happened next and how her son was shot and killed. Jim Rossiter is the Antrim County prosecuting attorney.
3: I have to be
0: cautious about what I say because it is a pending case, but as of right now, these are simply allegations.
1: But the DNR's investigative report paints a pretty vivid picture. In the early afternoon, after Justin Beadle had eaten breakfast at the Torch Riviera, he found his deer dead on a ridge on the family property, and he began to gut it. Down the hill, a man named David Barber left his family property and crossed the street. The investigative report says he walked past the no trespassing signs and onto the property belonging to the victim's family. Teresa Sherman says the Barbers had been trespassing on their land for generations.
3: And for our generations of grandfather, father, us, have told them not they not to be on the property except with permission. I guess we just thought they would obey the rules. They had their own property
1: across the street. We didn't understand. Barber walked up a hill, and when he reached the ridge, he says he saw movement. He thought it was a deer. He lifted his rifle and fired. Then the report says he went to find the deer. But instead, he found Justin Beadle, who was gasping for air. After that, Barber, the shooter, says he tried to call 911, but his phone died. He went across the road and found a friend who had a phone, but Barber, who was 45 years old, decided to go get his mother first. About a minute later, Barber returned with his mother, but she had apparently forgotten her phone. So they end up using the friend's phone after all, and finally call 911. The report says medics came, and they officially pronounced Justin Beadle dead about an hour later. Should I keep going? Yeah. Yeah. Sherman and I turn right onto a dirt road in Alden and drive past the house of the shooter's mother.
3: His mother lives in that log house right there.
1: We drive about 15 yards up the road to where David Barber crossed the street.
3: He went in right in there.
1: Right here?
3: Yeah, right here. Um, Up on that ridge up there is where he shot from, Mm -hmm. and he shot Justin over down. He was looking down at another ridge.
1: The Antrim County prosecuting attorney charged David Barber with involuntary manslaughter for gross negligence. He's also charged with trespassing. Barber and his attorney never responded to requests for comment. I reached out to multiple members of his family, and they declined to talk on tape, but they say that Barber is having a hard time. His brother said, quote, It's a tragic accident. That's what it boils down to. It's a tragedy on both sides. My deepest sympathies go out to the family. End quote. Lieutenant Jim Gorno, the conservation officer for the DNR, says hunting deaths are very rare in Michigan.
3: Hunting accidents have actually been going down in the last 10, 15 years.
1: Last year, there were three hunting accidents in Michigan, including beetle, which was more than usual. By contrast, 18 people died this past winter in snowmobiling accidents, according to the DNR. This is a beautiful view.
3: Thanks. A lot better since the big storm four, what, four and a half years ago. Really? That took. Yeah, it was
1: 25. Sherman's house overlooks Torch Lake. The water is cold blue to match the cold day. On the kitchen table is a large photograph of her son Beetle, smiling. I did a picture of him,
3: I saw that. and that's yeah. going to hang right there. So if you think anybody's ever going to forget him, yeah, they're not forgetting him. <laughs> that is him, though. He's bigger than life.
1: Sherman says he was a happy, fun
3: kid. He'd strike out a baseball, and he'd turn around, and he'd be smiling. And I'm like, and he goes, still had fun.
1: At his funeral, she says they played a recording of her son's laugh and drank bush light. Sherman says when she's here in her Torch Lake house and on her family property, that's when she feels her son's presence the most. And I think I still talk mostly in the present tense and,
3: you know, I don't know if I even want to ever switch. It just feels better to think of him. I still feel like he's sitting over there going, Jesus, stop it. You know, (laughs) enough about
1: me. (laughs) You know. Even though Sherman's happy to talk about her son, she's also a lawyer, and she doesn't want to jeopardize the case. Like, do you think about it as an accident? No. But I don't want to get
3: into too much because of the trial. But
1: for you, it's not. You don't just think this was a hunting accident. No. Sherman says justice for her son is a guilty verdict for David Barber. The case is set to go to trial in June.
0: And that's the show this week. I'm Dan Juan Shura.
1: And I'm Morgan Springer. You can tune in to Points North Friday here on IPR News Radio or at pointsnorthradio.org.